Welcome to the All of Christ for All of Life podcast, brought to you by Canon Plus. This week's episode is from Rachel Jankovic's webinar, Big Hospitality. This session is on the topic of comfort. If you enjoy this episode, check out the full series now, available on Canon Plus. Hospitality is such an important topic for Christians. And the reason hospitality uh, is important is that it is just flat out commanded in the Bible. Uh, It's entirely non-optional for us. So hopefully we all agree about that. And I am going to be assuming that in this webinar series. I'm not going to be trying to persuade you that the Bible is authoritative or trying to persuade you that when the Bible says we are to be given to hospitality, that that doesn't really mean uh, what we think it means or whatever. That's This is just an assumption. I'm assuming that we are all believers who want to honor God's word and want to do what uh, he has told us to do. So hopefully we agree about that. Uh, and we're commanded to not just be hospitable to one another, but also to be hospitable without complaining to one another. Uh, and if you've done any any basic hospitality, you already know that that's not just a uh, that without complaining is not something that you don't have to ever pay attention to uh, as a hostess. Okay, so it's hospitality is one of the requirements for elders in the church. It's one of the mentioned requirements for any widow to be added to the roles of the church that she needed to have already basically practiced a life of hospitality. Um, we are not given the idea that hospitality is an optional thing for Christians. But neither are we given a super clear picture of what exactly is required of us. So it's a lot like tithing in the sense that scripture does not give us a dollar amount that each Christian is supposed to have given. It is rather of what you've been given by God, you should be sharing this. Uh, and so a tenth of a tenth of your money ought to go to tithing, giving it to the Lord. But also when he, when hospitality is required of us, it's required from what we've been given. It's proportional to what we have been given. So there's no set amount of times that you have to have people over. Uh, there's no set way that you have to do it. So a common question is uh, when you're talking about tips in hospitality, a lot of people will start bringing up their very personal problems or obstacles, sort of like, you know, I have a child with special needs and my husband has, you know, there's all of these problems. So how could I do the thing that you can do? Well, the reality is maybe you can't do the same thing, but you are still required to be hospitable from what you have been given. So each of us is responsible for it in some way, but the actual application uh, to our own lives is something that we have to work out before the Lord. We have to work out uh, what he uh, what we can offer him out of what he has given to us. So it's a way of living. It's a way of being. So because I think uh, this, I want to just be clear that we don't expect everyone to practice these things the same way. We don't, especially when I see all of these, hello from, from South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, we're not 
we're not going to have the same resources, the same cultures. We're not going to have all the things the same way that we can give. So it should be very diverse and different. We are each planted in different places with different husbands and different homes and different abilities, different desires. And in those places with different life situations and resources and phases of life, we just should all be practicing uh, being women that shape ourselves around God's word, that we're hospitable with what we have been given. There are phases of my life when I did only, um, basically only hospitality to my little children and my husband and occasionally other things. But I certainly was not practicing uh, outward facing hospitality anywhere near the amount that I am now. And that's not because I was less hospitable then. It's because I was being trained in hospitality through faithfulness and being hospitable to those people that God had put in my life uh, right there. So, so practicing hospitality is not even going to be the same in all phases of your own life. Uh, so the way that I, I want this series to touch down on practical things. So it's going to maybe feel a little funny to start big picture hospitality and then jerk down to let's talk place cards. Um, but I want to do that just because of Titus 2 actually wanting to talk about some practical things that you can be doing. Uh, and also, I just want you to understand this assumption that I assume when I'm giving practical tips that I don't believe that everybody has the same situation and that I think that that's perfectly fine. So don't think that just because I think we all need to be doing hospitality, I think we all need to practice it the same way or with the same recipes or whatever. Okay, with that said, there's a couple other qualifications with such a big group over so many different places and different influences. I want to make sure uh, that you understand my own perspective on a couple things I expect uh, will come up. We can talk more about this in the Q&A, but I still just want to cover it right now at, from the get-go. First of all, uh, we are obviously living in the middle of a very bizarre time for hospitality. All around the world, people are in different phases of uh, being locked down or not supposed to be around other people without masks or not supposed to have however many people uh, in your home. Uh, you know, all of these assorted rules and regulations surrounding hospitality. So I know that some of the questions will be, but why are you talking about big hospitality when we're not allowed to have people over right now? Uh, so because this is such a big and far-flung group, I'm not going to try to tell you how I think that you ought to handle that. Instead, I want to just lay out an assumption, which I think we all as believers must share. That is that whatever happens in our world, whatever's happening culturally and around us, Christians are absolutely not allowed to accept isolation, not seeing each other, not worshiping and not gathering as a new normal. So whatever is happening in a temporary upheaval or in a time, Christians will be called to go to hospitality. We will be called to this life uh, regardless of things. So we have to just understand that scripture does command us to not forsake the gathering of ourselves together and we're commanded to be hospitable. So aside from very temporary gaps in that, uh, for instance, if your family busts out with the smallpox, you are not obligated to be having people over. You're probably obligated to not be having people over uh, right then. But our the Christian way of life is not to be a life of Zoom calls. That's something because we do believe scripture is authoritative. We are called to hospitality. We're called to worship and we're called to be gathering ourselves together. So at some point, 
in the future for some of you, or maybe now for some of you, hospitality is something you should be practicing. The second uh, is something that I think has already come up a little bit in questions about this talk, uh, questions about the webinar. So I wanted to just address first this assumption that there are different kinds of hospitality, um, basically that you would, you're not practicing real or true Christian hospitality unless you're reaching out to unbelievers, unless the people in your home uh, are I, a number of people referred to it as, will this be hospitality for sinners? And I think the, uh, I thought, well, where are you getting your guests? I have only ever pulled guests from the pool of sinners. Uh, I assume that that question means, are you using it as active evangelistic outreach? Um, so this, the answer to this question is both really short and also more involved, and it will probably be weaving itself in and out of all of the webinars, but I want to still get it out there right at the beginning to just clear this up. All right, here is just a short answer, Galatians 6, 9, and 10. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So right here we have in scripture, this, this end, this, especially to those who are in the household of faith, you have a call that God is saying, be especially given to doing good to those in the household of faith. First Peter four, nine, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Uh, that is a call to hospitality to one another among one another, among the people who received this, among the people who were taught this directly, they were being told to practice hospitality to one another without complaining, uh, without grumbling or complaining. So both of those emphasize the fact that we actually are called to practice hospitality to our own families, to people in our own church community, uh, to people that we already love. Now, I don't think that that, and, and this is what I want to hasten to get out, I don't think that that's uh, in exclusion of evangelism. I think it's actually what equips evangelism. I think it's what equips people to reach out with their tables to needy, to, to people who don't know Jesus, because we already have this life at the table. We already have this love for one another. Okay. In that Galatians passage, it singles out, especially those who are of the household of faith. And I just want to say, the closest of all for most mothers is your own children. It's your husband. It's your own children. These are especially those who are your closest neighbors and your house and the household of faith. So don't fall into the trap of thinking it doesn't count to make a fun dinner for your own family, or it doesn't count to do kind, hospitable things to your own family because it's not the real deal. It's not real hospitality. It is real hospitality. Uh, so I believe that hospitality is evangelistic, but it's not always directly evangelistic. It's not the same thing as going out and, um, you know, giving someone a gospel track and explaining the gospel. But it very much is evangelistic because my argument here is that the love that we have for one another and the hospitality that we share uh, is actually the thing that we are offering unbelievers. So this question of, is it hospitality or is it, <laughs> I'm drinking my water there now on the, nice, little little mess there. Uh, okay, so basically the love that we have for one another is, is actually an expression of the gospel. 
the fact that we can get together uh, with people that we love, that we can love them even though we have very little in common, that's an expression of the gospel. That's what we're inviting unbelievers to, right? That's something that we're saying, here is the fellowship of the saints and we want you to join us. So, and the other thing is, of course, that this that this is something that equips and strengthens the saints. So how can we have fellowship with one another? Uh, because of Jesus. Because Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Jesus ties us together. Jesus calls us his own. Jesus animates our forgiveness to one another when we sin against each other and get it right. It animates our joy and our love. In other words, the love that we have for one another in the church is our finest testimony. It is a declaration of the work that Jesus has done in us. Uh, now, I have practiced all kinds of hospitality in my time, lots of different methods, lots of different situations. Uh, Full-on outreach, food at the park, let's invite anyone who's here to join us and eat with us. Uh, and I, we used to do open house Christmas dinners that was like a Mexi mashup Christmas buffet in December that was like, invite your neighbors, invite people. We always ended up with a lot of down and outers at those. Uh, those were things that we intentionally practiced facing outwards uh, on that. But one of the things, and now mostly, not mostly, but now I do Sabbath dinners, which is largely our family and our daisy chain family. And like a tornado, it gathers up whoever's around it. You know, it ends up with a lot of extra people. And we've had many times through the years, we've had Report. We've had hostile reporters come join us for that. We've had, uh, fre you know, any of my nieces and nephews bring people. There's a there's a ton of. It's a very open meal. We've had a lot of strangers at that meal. Uh, but I honestly don't think that any of those things, that practicing the hospitality, was really any different. What hospitality does to the hospitable is the same no matter the context. When you're practicing hospitality, you don't actually control what God does with, with that, right? So you offer it to God and what God accomplishes with it is his business. We try to be faithful, we do this, uh, we practice hospitality and God accomplishes what he wants to be. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Elizabeth. I like that idea. Good practice for how to handle your glitches. Uh, okay. So in that, in that context, what happens to the hospitable is the thing we're concerned with because I'm talking to people who are planning to practice hospitality. So we can't control what God does with it. We don't control. You can't always, sometimes you even think, oh, I'd like to do this and such to reach out this way. And God just does something totally and completely different. Uh, I will say, just as an aside, I thought was great when I was talking about the fact that the love that we have for one another is one of the most clear testimonies that we can have, uh, is back in the day when we were doing these lunches in the park a couple times a week in the summer, I, and we would just gather in anybody who happened to be there and say, you want to eat with us? Can we, you know, your kids can eat with our kids. And, and it, there were tons of women there who already knew each other from a Christian community. But I had never had unbelievers ask me so almost directly, and although they didn't perfectly quote scripture, it was so close to scripture, essentially, what is the reason for the hope that is in you? 
what is the reason for this? Who would do this? So having people actually ask me, what is the reason for the hope that's in you is, is interesting, but it wasn't because I gave them food. It was because there was clearly a lot of love for a lot of different people. So there is, it was clearly the love of the saints for one another and the willingness to invite other people to join in. So the fact that we, that is the thing they were asking about. It was not about why would you give away free hot dogs at the park? It was, what is going on with this with this many people. Okay. So I think that there is a very real danger and I think that this is why people ask about this about am why am I talking am I talking about just just doing hospitality for believers or are we talking about more outreach? And the real danger is this idea that hospitality um, is some kind is sometimes practiced like it's some kind of a hobby group or it's more of a social club or it's people who already you would want to be hanging out with. If you're just practicing hospitality to people who you already have everything in common with, then it's different. It's not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that it is a little bit different. And I think that many Christians very naturally uh, dislike that. They feel they feel like this is an unhealthy thing if there's like little clicks in the in the church and people are just hanging out with the people that they want to hang out with. And another element that's worth being concerned about is an element of hypocrisy. I don't know how I was going to say that. Hop a something. Hypocrisy. Matthew 6, 5 says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. This is something that can also happen with hospitality. If everything you're doing is to be seen by men, it's to be... Um, you're just wanting to share with everybody how great you are at throwing a themed party, then that is a then that is a thing that you ought to consider. Like maybe this is something that you're trying to get your reward here on earth instead of getting a reward in heaven. And if you get it, uh, if you're doing it to be seen by men, you're already getting your reward and you are trading something really cheap for something really valuable. Uh, so basically all of this is just a precursor to what I'm trying to talk about when I talk about hospitality. I believe that Christians practicing hospitality can be in a ton of different circumstances, but that what it's doing to the hospitable is very similar, regardless of whether you're reaching out to, uh, down and outers, needy people, people who need the gospel, or whether you're reaching out to friends in the church. Uh, I believe that many of these principles are very, very, uh, similar all across all across the board. Uh, okay. So when you're just serving people who are in the church, you are strengthening and encouraging uh, Christians. You are strengthening them to go out living in a way that proclaims the gospel. It's not a less than Christian living to be practicing hospitality to the saints. Okay. So I wanted to separate this whole webinar into four different themes for the days, but the reality is that there's going to be a ton of overlap. Um, but still it gives us a loose structure to work with. And what I, what I chose is comfort, joy, love, and hope. So the first time that we're talking about comfort, I want to make sure that you, uh, know what I mean by that. I don't mean comfort, like, like, a uh, big fat lazy boy chair. Um, but what I want to talk about is the fact that hospitality, practicing hospitality costs us comfort, right? We, it actually is uncomfortable to practice 
hospitality. Okay, so we are giving our guests comfort that we're literally spending on them. So we we are uncomfortable in some way, even if we love it, we are uncomfortable in some way to make them comfortable. Uh, so when we set a table or put water on a table, arrange a buffet or make things beautiful, we do all of those things so that our guests might be comfortable. So they might be welcomed and comforted. We take trouble to spare them trouble. Uh, now, I know some of you might be thinking this is kind of like a lazy man's thing. Like we're Christians. We're not here for comfort. We're here to take up our cross and and follow Christ. And amen, because practicing hospitality and trying to make people comfortable is a way of taking up your cross and following Christ. It's not comfortable. So I want to read to you a section. Let's see. Uh, from... I think this is from 2 Corinthians, verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. So aside from being a beautiful statement about trials, this passage shows us some other things about the way the Christian community works. Uh, don't let it slip past you that God is the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Think about that. God's mercies to us are not just thoughts. Uh, it is not spiritual sensations. God's mercies to us specifically include things like running water, uh, refrigeration, chickens, uh, fruit, bread. The mercies of God are abundant, tangible. They taste. Uh, they make us feel full and satisfied. The mercies of God are profound to us. First uh, Peter 4.10 says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. How much comfort and, and mercy has God given you? How much comfort and mercy is at, is in your hands? Uh, these tangible mercies of God to us, tangible comforts. That is what we're commanded to be good stewards of and ministering it to one another. So looking back at that second Corinthians passage, I want to look at how much comfort traffic is happening here. It is the God of all comfort. He comforts us that we might comfort others with the comfort with which he has comforted us. Right. So he comforts us. We and we comfort others because he gave us this comfort for us to comfort others with. That's an amazing system of God giving us comfort. When we provide comfort for others, we're simply given what we have been given to give. Your comfort, both spiritual and physical, does not actually belong to you. Isn't that interesting? And this is one of the ways that I hope you all have seen that trials and difficulties have are always used by God to strengthen all the saints, that the person who's experiencing the trial that is comforted by God actually gives that comfort to other saints. It's a thing that we give. So this is a hospitality that goes beyond just food. It's the way Christians are to deal with one another. It's the way that we are to practice what we've received by God. We steward well. Uh, in how we bless others. This kind of perspective is also a wonderful counter to any kind of insecurity that you may have uh, about your own resources. Is your apartment tiny? 
Is your kitchen incompetent? Is your budget tight? In all of these ways, we are giving of what God has uh, given. So God gives us something, we give it to others. We share it with others. Uh, And I want to bring up, when talking about comfort, remember that in John 14, when the disciples are worried that Jesus is leaving them, uh, he said, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he says, and I will pray to the Father and the Father will send the comforter. Who is the comforter? The comforter is the Holy Spirit. So it's not like we have a discrete amount of comfort either. When we're living an obedient life, we are full of the Holy Spirit, which means we have so much comfort to offer one another. We have so much to give one another. So there are things that each of us has that we want to steward for him. But when we're asking for more resources to bless those around us, we want to make sure uh, that that we're asking for more that we might give more. It's John Bunyan uh, wrote that that great little poem that says, there was a man, some thought him mad. The more he gave, the more he had. That cycle of saying, Lord, give me more that I might give more, is a, it is a cycle that the Lord delights in. He loves to give us things that we might give them gladly in his name to others. Okay, so part of the goal of this webinar, aside from overcoming our technical problems, part of the goal of this webinar is to try to get feet on the ground into application. So it's easy to talk about all this big ideas, you know, like, oh, hospitality is hospitality. But if you actually start trying to practice it, you're like, hang on, this is very difficult. There are difficult things about this. Um, Okay, so Part of the goal of this was to try to actually bridge that. And I already told you this is a diverse enough group that I don't think all of my ideas are necessarily super handy to all of you, but hopefully it will still be helpful. Uh, so there are two ditches that we might fall into, and I am proposing we don't fall into either of those. Uh, one of them is, is basically showmanship hospitality, that you're knocking yourself out with decor, uh, but the guests can feel like something is required of them. You are essentially being hospitable not to give comfort, but you're being hospitable to get praise. You're trying to show off for people so that people might be impressed with you, or you're wanting to do something amazing so that people will be like, wow, she's so hospitable, or she's so spectacular here. If you're craving admiration, thanks, applause, notice, uh, these are all things. This is something that I want to challenge you. If that's a temptation for you, I want you to think openly about giving comfort, ministering to your guests. It's a way of Uh, You want to do that and not be ministering to your own vanity or making yourself feel comfortable. You're actually giving of your comfort uh, so that you can bless others, not not giving something so that they might bless you with their thanks for what you've done. And the other ditch uh, is often fallen into by people who are like, fleeing the scene of that first one, right? They're like, I hate this kind of, you know, competitive hospitality. So instead, I'm going to fall into this ditch that's a total like, come as I am, come to my dirty house and sit with me in my laundry and, uh, you know, just see how authentic that I am. Now, the important thing is to see that that's also a very self-centered 
So it's a very self-centered way to do it. It's wanting the praise of people to be thinking, you're so honest, you're so uh, authentic, you're vulnerable, you're you're wonderful, you're so real, I love to be here with you. Uh, so I don't think Christ- Christian hospitality ought to take place in either of these ditches, but you may notice that the thing that I think not being in a ditch has in common is that the hostess herself is not making this about herself. It's not about seeing all of my mess because that makes me more authentic. And it's not about seeing my very best efforts ever so that you can praise me. The idea is that you're actually trying to offer Christian kindness to others. You're wanting to offer the love of the Holy Spirit, the love of of God the Father, and the love of Jesus Christ. You're offering all of those things freely to others. So you may find yourself thinking that something is a disaster uh, because like if you find yourself in a moment of like this whole thing is a disaster because the bread basket doesn't match the buffet and I'm getting all tense and I'm going to get terrible about this. Uh, just get over yourself. Get over yourself. It's not about that. And if you're thinking, well, yeah, I don't I don't have to clean up my house. I don't have to clean my bathroom. Oh, it stopped. Oh, I'm back. Uh if you're thinking, I don't have to do all of this, they can see the real me. They don't have to see my bathroom clean. Uh, all of the, If you're doing that kind of thing, just get over yourself and make it a comfortable place for your guests. Get over yourself, uh, clean up your house, make it a place where it's not all about your failings and your reality. Okay, so in planning a meal that offers comfort, uh, I wanna give you a few tips. So first of all, think in terms of what is a blessing to receive. Do not think in terms of what is a blessing to give. Don't be thinking, what would I like to give? Uh, And so how could I bless everyone by giving exactly what I want to give? Try to think in terms of what would be a blessing to receive. Uh, One of my favorite prayers is, uh, prayers, I guess, of hospitality is, Lord, make me what they need, not just what I wanted to give. Uh, There's a lot of times in the life of a hostess where what you want to give is thwarted in so many ways by... This is sort of a metaphor right now. That's true. What you wanted to, what you wanted to give, things go wrong. Things don't happen smoothly. So you want to give something and it's thwarted. Well, just ask the Lord to make this what I what they need, not what I wanted to give. Uh, when people are coming to your house and you're noticing like, yeah, I did not get this pulled off the way that I wanted. This is a great time to pray that kind of prayer. And it does give you a hilarious insight sometimes into like, wow, Lord, I wonder like if, if things are right between you and the Lord and you're saying, Lord, make this, make this what will bless these people. Then you, it's very humbling a lot of the time. It's a humbling thing, but you also have this advantage of saying, wow, Lord, I wonder what you're going to do with that. Like it's, it gets you a little bit out of being so personally, you're, you're really willing for the Lord to use you. And that's an important thing. So when I was really young and just getting into food and catering, I used to save recipes that were totally beautiful and totally uh, impossible. It was things like little lemon souffles that you baked in the Meyer lemon shell. And of course, you'd have to you could serve it to maybe four people and you could serve it right the moment that it got out of the oven. So 
this has not actually been in the course of my life. This has not been the kind of hospitality life that the Lord actually called me to. It was something that I thought was beautiful, but it did not harmonize with what I'm actually doing. So now I feel like I'm basically the queen of the sheet pans. You know, like this is a thing that I'm always doing is, um, sheet pan things and big, big Dutch ovens. And like, it's a totally other thing. It's not beautiful. It's not well, I mean, I think it's beautiful in a way, but it's not the kind of thing that I initially would have thought that I wanted to do. And that is just as you walk with the Lord in the opportunities and the situations that he brings to you, it will shape your own hospitality, but you have to be willing to put the whole thing and all your ideals on the altar. You have to be willing to say, Lord, kill what needs to be killed, bring back what honors you. Take my desires and and make them something that glorify you. And you have to be willing to let things go. I can't even tell you how many times things that I thought would be go one way, go a different way in hospitality. That's just how it is. Um, And so it does not always, like I have to say, it doesn't always capture my imagination to make a vast amount of pasta for a big crowd of hungry people. So in some way, it costs you some kind of comfort, but then you see it, God giving comfort to others in that work. And it's a thing that is a great blessing to you, but it's not something that does, it doesn't do a hostess any good to have herself invested in like, I'm gonna be this particular way. You have to be willing to offer the whole thing um, to God. So food-wise, try to think in terms of what would most bless others. What are the things that when you make everybody cheers we have put together some recipes to to give to you all. And I put to go with this week's uh, topic of comfort, some of our favorite comfort food. It's not glam food, but when I make chicken lasagna, all of the kids, and actually the adults do, but everybody is like, chicken lasagna, yay! And, and it's funny because it's not glamorous to make. It's not something that I yearn to make or that I think this is going to be really impressive, but it's delicious and everybody loves it. So it's a thing that you have to get over yourself as a hostess. You want to give that comfort and that joy to other people. So one thing, really practically speaking, uh, is potlucks. This is if you are in a situation where there is chafing in your hospitality, if there is chafing around some a regular event or a church meal or uh, whatever, if there's some kind of ongoing strife about it. Um, If that is the case, then I would really encourage you to think in terms of comfort as regards how you're organizing this event. Um, What will happen every time if you say, okay, we're having a dinner. Uh, Sarah, you bring a nine by 13 of cheesy potatoes. She will immediately say, Mike doesn't like cheese and I don't have a nine by 13. Uh, Or you say, hey, you bring salad for everyone and someone comes in with like a little bag of, you know, Caesar salad and you're thinking, but you knew that there were going to be 40 people here. Why did you do this? Why did you not bring enough food? Um, If you have any of that kind of strife, think in terms of comfort in organizing it. Think in terms of how can I bless my guests by not having this conflict? How can I bless them by not, um, you know, sending out an email with a big thing that you have to sign up for one of these and everybody needs to sign up to bring two different things, bring, you know, how can you get out of that? So 
uh, years ago when we first started hosting parish groups, which we do in seasons and have done for years, um, we just decided to make it an event that was easy to come to. So the standard of the food is not as great as a world's world record buffet. I make a big pot of soup and we give, um, we give, I mean, we have bread, we have soup, we have something for dessert, but we don't make it. It's not an elaborate meal. It's not an elaborate thing, but we require, it requires nothing of our guests. It's easy to come to. So in that sense, it's far more comfortable than a buffet that everybody was frantic about in the day and everybody had to bring a pot, something for the potluck. And then there's all kinds of tension. So I would recommend if you have tension around an event, think of how can you just do something? How can you just give it for free, freely give it to people instead of asking them, um, instead of asking them to bring something or contribute, you know, we need you all. I'm sure you've all seen that, um, the letter, Marnie, that Thanksgiving letter from someone, the famous snarky letter, where where she's saying things like, and so-and-so, you must contribute at the adult level now, and please do not bring your blue bowl that you brought last year that looked so bad on the buffet, and make sure you get this brand of ice cream. It's a very bossy hostess thing. Uh, back out of anything like that. See what you can do that requires less of your guests and see how that affects uh, the event. Okay, so I know that some of you, I just wanna say potluck lovers, you might be thinking that that's crazy of me. And I do wanna say, I have people bring things. I let people help. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying never do that, especially with something like Thanksgiving, people contribute a lot. Um, but what we do want to do in those contexts is still look after the comfort of our guests and be considerate in that way. Okay. So then the last phase that I want to talk about in terms of comfort is how can you bless your guests in the executing of the event? How can you make it more comfortable for them? Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is place cards. If you have seats for everybody, it may be well worth uh, putting place cards out. It is probably the, the single biggest, most tedious task I do as a hostess. If you're having 40 people, uh, when we have, say, our normally our Sabbath dinner is probably 40 to 50 people. Now, doing place cards for everyone feels like a monster pain. Like it is hard to figure out a seating arrangement. And I'm pretty sure that sometimes I do weird things or my kids do, whoever I pawned off the, the uh, place cards on. But it is the single biggest kindness to our guests because people feel awkward if they do not know where to go. When you have, uh, when you have, sometimes I'll think, oh, I didn't have time. I didn't get the place cards done. I won't worry about it. Everybody can find a place to sit. And you can actually see it in your guests that it is more complicated. It is much easier to say, oh, this is the place. Um, they just feel far more at ease when they know that this is the place you met for them to sit. Even if it's not the place they would have chosen to sit, they still know that they're doing, that they know that this place was prepared for them. So that is one way that we try to, to do the difficult thing on our end to make it more comfortable for the guests. And we do place cards. It's not super formal. We do place cards like uh, it's just regularly we crank out the place cards. I have done in the summer written on plates with a dry erase marker, just put their name right on the plate. We've done that too. So the paper doesn't blow away. We're outside. 
Either way, place cards is a way to provide comfort to your guests. The other thing is just to think through the seating. Uh, and if your seating is not, if you don't have enough seats to have a big crowd in your house, then you may want to think through how, how are you serving this meal that they'll be able to hold on their lap or where will they put drinks? So sometimes that might be just moving end tables around and things so people can actually find a place to put their stuff. Or uh, you can do what we do at our soup nights where we don't have... Um, we don't have in our soup nights any kind of necessarily, we don't know how many people are going to be there in advance. So I use these red plastic baskets, like like you'd get fries and a burger in maybe somewhere with a paper liner and to-go uh, paper bowls. And the reason we do this is that you can actually stand around holding a basket with bread soup, grapes, whatever in a basket. And it's easy to eat out of. It's lightweight. You can hold it wherever you are and it's easy to handle. So that might not be the most beautiful thing. There could be more beautiful ways of doing it, uh, but it's cute and it's cheerful and it's actually just very feasible for people. Okay. Uh, some other things is if you have any constraints around the food, I think it's really kind to either just serve the food to people or to uh, make it very clear in advance. Like, hey, everybody, please just take one roll and then come back for seconds after everybody's gone through or be clear. People, there's nothing worse than than a hostess that is like giving someone the side eye for taking three rolls when they thought they were just enjoying her hospitality. So we try to do sometimes like a double-sided buffet to help a crowd get through quickly. We try to think through like um, sometimes if it's a more in the winter time more, I'll put salad plates out and plate salad, even though we have a buffet and it gives everyone something to do while people are going through the buffet because sometimes it can take a long time. If you have 50 people, um, the buffet might not be the fastest thing ever. So having something to do while they wait uh, is a good idea. Another comfort thing, especially with crowds, is to try to have lots of side dishes so that there is actually something uh, that everybody can have. Because sometimes you have different dietary issues, uh, but lots of side dishes is sometimes a low budget, quick and easy way to fill up the buffet and fill up the plates without people overdoing it on like, you know, the main dish, the expensive thing. Uh, it's a good idea to have multiple side dishes. So a lot of times I'll roast extra veggies or roast carrots or have we'll have a couple different salads and have a, you know, you just try to fill in the gaps that way. That's also helpful for parents of picky children. There's probably something on the buffet uh, that their children are happy to eat. So when you're practicing hospitality, uh, watch what's happening and watch it to see if your guests are comfortable. And probably one of the funniest things, the biggest insider hostess tips, uh, is that if you have successfully given comfort to a lot of people who are enjoying the food, maybe coming back for more, they're enjoying the company, but they forgot to mention anything about it to you, the hostess, well done. That's a good sign. I am not being here an advocate for not thanking the hostess, but I just wanna say that if you're actually just hoping to give comfort and give joy 
and you manage to get yourself enough out of the picture that everybody's not hustling over to be like, I just wanted to tell you that this was this salad, really. Like I'd much rather that people comment on it to each other or that they're just busy enjoying it than that they are so concerned for my emotional state that they're uh, rushing out, you know, rushing over to be like, Rachel, just, just letting you know this dessert was amazing. And it's a good thing to get yourself out of that. But it is also something that you probably need to prepare your heart for, uh, that you need to not be looking for that. You need to not put a big buffet out and, and want to stand at the end of it to receive applause. Uh, you want to do things that bless people without making them all worried about you and worried about, um, worried about whether or not you are you have been paid enough thanks uh, for your hospitality enjoy this episode be sure to check out the full series big hospitality now available on canon plus Plus.